Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Well, good evening, everybody. Yeah, all the people here. Uh, anyways, it's great to be here this evening. I kind of forgot to tell people this morning that we were either having Sunday night service or a conference call tonight. Um, so I didn't get in trouble, but I kind of got in trouble for myself because I should have done that and I wasn't thinking. So my apologies. So uh, anyways, good to be here this evening and just get to talk to you guys. Um, last week was a great week. We had all obviously our fundraiser for Save the Cowboy and um, just can't thank everybody enough for just all that they do. Just a not, you know, obviously we think our ministry is pretty great, but um, none of it's possible just without people having a relationship with Christ. And that's really the main thing that, that we always preach here is that we're not on a, the only team we're on is on everybody else's team. And we don't, we don't care if you go to Save the Cowboy just as long as you go to a church. Just, just be in community with somebody. And, and there's so many people here that just make that happen for everybody. And just, you know, we have so many people across the United States um, that watch online that uh, this is their community. And, um, and part of that online community is also called the Long Acre Ranch Cowboys. But all the people that are in, in person here and just uh, donate to Save the Cowboy just make all that possible. And really, it's just, uh, uh, like, I don't know who came up with it, but we're all just kind of a band of misfits in a way of, of just we never fit in, fit in anywhere else. And, and so it's just kind of cool to have a kind of a band of misfits just come together just to support a, support a God that, and a purpose that's so much bigger than what we are. So I just can't thank everybody enough for that. Um, anyways, last week kind of got started on, I wasn't really going to make a series out of this, but I, I kind of thought I didn't really get a whole lot of time to prepare last week for the sermon that I gave. And um, so I kind of wanted to dive, deep, dive deeper a little bit into what I was talking about last week and kind of just give a little bit more clarity to, to lots of things. And um, just a precursor, uh, you know, uh, got engaged in July and, and we're just now fixing to start uh, pre-marriage counseling this next week. So a lot of this material is actually going to come from the the stuff that we've been going through, and it's just been so eye-opening. You know, I was talking to Coy before the service that uh, it's kind of just surprising that newsflash, none of us are perfect, but even more so, it, uh, I think, uh, you know, lots of us don't think we're perfect, but I think a lot of us don't really realize just how much more we are in need of a Savior. And in thinking about that in this week and going through it, um, I just kind of got to thinking about, man, what could I possibly talk about um, to kind of tie all that together and I couldn't, I've told this story before, and some people may remember it, but I kind of, I got this gray horse, and some people like him, some people don't, doesn't really matter. Anyways, uh, he's, he's pretty fun to be around, and he's just super, super solid on everything that he does, but he hasn't always been that way, and, and I had him as a yearling, and he was kind of a bronc when I started him, and um, anyways, he went pretty far, pretty fast, but I was in college and needed money for, for college, so we ended up selling him and sold him to a good friend of ours, and um, they they took him and roped rope some outside cattle and stuff on him, and his wife was actually running some pro rodeo barrels on him. And then, anyways, my friend ended up dying in a horse wreck, and his wife kind of got rid of all those horses. And so I ended up getting this horse back. And little did I know when we got him back that he was going to be just an outlaw, like just almost like when he left. Um, but anyways, we got I got him back, and he was just so hard-minded and so hard-hearted. I mean, this horse would buck all the time and, and run off all the time. And, I mean, he had so much... So much potential and so much so much athleticism that I was like, "Good grief! If, this, if I can get ever get this horse down in, in, in a good direction, we'll be we'll be good." And that kind of reminded me of a story of I've told this story before, but one time we were out, me and my dad, we had some red heifers turned out 
back home before I moved to Save the Cowboy. And uh, we were doctoring these bred heifers in the middle of July. And Kansas in July, it could be 105, 110 degrees with about 80% humidity. It's hot. And we had a bunch of these bred heifers turned out, and we had a we had just a, a thing going through them, and, and we were, they were actually dropping like flies, and that's whenever bread heifers were $3,000 a pop, and it was just a crazy, crazy year. Just trying to get all these, horse, or all these cattle doctored, and um, anyways, I don't know, we probably doctored five or six heifers um, in, in one afternoon, and um, I hadn't had this horse back very long, but I was kind of using him just as a, almost as a slave in a way, just because he needed a job, and he needed something to do to kind of kind of break his spirits a little bit. So I was doctoring a bunch of cattle outside on him, and um, pretty soon, you know, we doctored five or six, and it's, it's hot. I mean, this horse is just drenching sweat, and he's already mad, and it's been a struggle all afternoon trying to get stuff roped off of him, even though I know he knows how to do it. He was just wasn't good to be around. Anyways, we get to... I, we get our last one that we need to rope, and I go to Roper, and he just decides he's going to run off. I mean, just smooth off. And so I'm like, you know, at, at that time, I probably wasn't in the best place either mentally. <laughs> one of my Christian walks, I was like, all right, you dirty sucker, we're just going to keep running. I can ride as fast as you can run. So I just added a little bit more. And little did I know that we, uh, in this pasture that we had just got, it was pretty fairly new, um, there was about an old dog town that was about a thousand yards wide probably about a thousand yards wide and this whole pasture is overgrown with weeds about four or five foot tall and so i couldn't see any of the holes but anyways this horse runs off and pretty soon i'm running across the pasture just kind of flogging it to him and we kind of get to this rougher track road and so i'm, like, I'm kind of pulling him up and he just decides he's going to keep even going a little faster i was like oh, okay well i guess we can keep going i'm going to pull on you still try to get you shut down and anyways, I keep pulling, I keep pulling, I keep pulling, trying to get him stopped. And pretty soon I'm riding this chain snaffle or chain gag bit. And it's just a chain that goes in their mouth. It, it sounds bad, but it's not really that bad. But anyways, I'm trying to get this horse stopped. And I'm pulling, I'm pulling, I'm pulling. And I'm sawing, I'm sawing on him, trying to get him to stop. And his ears are just pinned straight back mad. And pretty soon we're going right towards across the road into this prairie dog town. And uh, my bit breaks in half. That's how hard I was pulling on this chain. I snapped, it snapped in half as he was still running. <laughs> and uh, pretty soon, I don't know if it was just the pressure that he didn't like or what, but he, about 20 yards into that prairie dog town, he finally stopped. And I could feel my, ourselves going through some holes. Luckily, we didn't fall into him. Luckily, it was four to five foot weeds there, but he didn't, uh, he didn't actually go through them uh, and step in one of those holes, luckily. But eventually he just stopped and he just, he just dropped his head. He didn't drop his head to eat. He just dropped his head and his ears came forward and, he, and you could tell he was just done and that he'd had enough. And I start there because that day something kind of happened in both of us and it was something pretty phenomenal. I think both of us kind of had a heart attack and kind of a change of heart of, of, of that something wasn't right. And I think that was kind of the day that cracked the egg in him to where he kind of turned around and became a horse. And I guess you could say, you know, he kind of needed, needed that change of heart because his heart wasn't working right. He had all this potential and all these things, yet he wasn't living up to the potential that he could have been. And, you know, in talking, you know, I was talking to Tanaya, my fiance, this last week, and I was kind of talking about the word Savior. And, you know, Savior used to be this Christian word that, you know, it kind of scared me off because, like, I don't need a guy to save me. <laughs> you know, it's, I'm a Christian, but I don't really need somebody to save me. And, you know, I kind of got to thinking more and more about this word this week, Savior, Savior. 
Savior? And what did it really mean? Like, what do I need saved from? And like I said last week, it kind of dawned on me that we don't work on what's good, we work on what's bad. And so does God in our lives. And if you're a Christian, chances are you have those things in your life that need a change in your heart because maybe your heart is hardly hearting. And that's kind of the title of my past, or of my sermon tonight is hardly hearting. Hearting. And, uh, you know, I kind of start there because, you know, this whole journey, this has been a journey since really since last year in October. Um, you know, really a lot of growth has happened for me. Um, last year I started going through a counseling seminar in which they asked me to kind of draw a picture of my own heart. And when they asked me to draw this picture, they, you know, it's kind of in prayer, but they're like, Jesus, can you reveal, everybody's in a room, and he's like, Jesus, can you reveal everybody's heart to themselves? And if they were to draw a picture of it, could they draw it? And I drew mine out, and I couldn't really even believe what I saw. But it was kind of just like the whole page was just a, almost just a, a gunmetal gray, and in the middle of it was kind of a crumpled up heart. And it looked just like a piece of, like, construction paper, black construction paper, just kind of cr- crushed up and thrown in there. Like, everything was black, just kind of burnt. And I couldn't really believe what I saw, and most of the reason I couldn't believe what I saw is because I was still in full-time ministry, yet I had a heart like that. And I guess looking back on it now, I can kind of see why it was kind of so hard to connect with lots of people. Yeah, I had a, a gift of discernment and a gift of counsel as well, but I didn't really have a a gift of connection. A lot of that connection didn't happen because my heart was so closed off. And, you know, I, I could talk to people. I could talk to people all day. But for some reason, and I could even have deep conversations, but for some odd reason, I just couldn't connect. And this was because I was so focused really on my own pain and things that have happened in my life that I couldn't really connect with people. And yet, I was still in full-time ministry. And I guess you could say my heart was hardly hearting. And you know, when I really got to writing this, you know, obviously I knew all these things were in my own heart and the the journey that I've been through um, and and the process and the things that God has done in my life and just in this last year into my own heart to change everything. And and in writing this, I kind of remembered, you know, that that Jesus didn't didn't just die to save us from hell. He died so that we could, that when we accepted him, that he would give us a new heart and that he would have his law written on it. And so that we would have life and have it in abundance. That's why Jesus died for us. Or as Kevin says, Jesus didn't come to make bad men good. He came to make dead men alive. He came to make all of us alive. And, and, and that way we can actually have the heart hearting like Jesus designed it to do. And, you know, I don't really know um, maybe what reason your heart is hearting the way it is, isn't supposed to, or maybe it isn't. Um, and... And I don't know if it's because you've been hurt in the past and you just can't seem to open up no matter how much you try. Um, or is it because, you know, no matter how, much you, how hard you try, you know, just, there's just something inside that keeps you, um, inside of you that just keeps you from accepting love or letting anybody in. And, and I'd be willing to bet that all of us in here have some sort of blockage in our hearts. And I don't mean from, like, from eating bacon or anything. I, I mean that, that's, that, uh, <laughs> Daryl. <laughs> anyways, Daryl doesn't have a blockage from bacon. He has an aortic deal. But anyways, uh, TMI. Um, but there's probably something in our hearts that's keeping us from hearting the way God designed us to and loving the way God designed us to. But the good news is, is that there's a God that sent his son down to earth to make us alive and help us have thriving relationships 
that will be blessed. The hard news is you just have to let him in. You have to let him in, and you have to let him give you a new heart, just like he promised to do in Ezekiel 36. And in, in preparing for this, you know, I, I wanted to come up with a lot of things uh, and to say, but, you know, I was reading this article, and to be honest, this article says everything so well that I'm just going to read a little bit of it. And, and, there, and I'm going to give along the scripture with it, too, and this is kind of a good Bible study for you guys to go through. But the scripture, or this, this little article is just amazing. And it's talking about the new heart that Jesus wants to give us. And he starts off and he says, you see, the human heart wasn't created, was created to mirror God's own heart. So our heart was created to mirror God's heart. It's supposed to be like his. And that's found in Genesis 1, 27 and James 3, 9. He keeps on saying, we were designed to love him, love righteousness, and walk in harmony with God and others. And that's Micah 6, 8. But part of God's design of the human heart is free will. That free will carries with it the opportunity to abuse it, as did Adam and Eve did in the garden. That's Genesis 3.11. God desires that we choose to love and serve him. When we stubbornly refuse to follow God, our hearts, which were designed to communicate with God, are hardened. And God compares those rebellious hearts to stone. And that's Zechariah 7.12. A heart of stone finds it impossible to repent, to love God, or to please him. Romans 8.8. The heart of the sinful humanity the, heart, the hearts of sinful humanity are so hardened that we cannot even see God on our own, Romans 3.11. And that's why Jesus said, no one can come to him unless it's through the Father first, John 6.44. We desperately need new hearts, for we are un- un- unable on our own to soften our own hearts, no matter how hard we try. And a change of heart towards God requires a supernatural transformation, and Jesus calls that being born again, John 3.3. 3. When we are born again, God performs a heart transplant, as it were. He gives us a new heart. The power of the Holy Spirit changes in our hearts from sin-focused to God-focused. We do not become perfect, 1 John 1, 8 says. We still have our sinful flesh and the freedom to choose whether or not to obey it. However, when Jesus died for us on the cross, he broke that power of sin that controls us, Romans six ten. Receiving him as our Savior gives us access to God and his power a power to transform our hearts from sin-hardened to Christ-softened. When we were separated from God with hardened hearts, we found it impossible to please Him. We tended towards selfishness, rebellion, and sin. With new hearts, we are declared righteous before God, 2 Corinthians 5.21. The Holy Spirit gives us a desire to please God. Was, the Holy Spirit gives us a desire to please God that was foreign to us in the hardened state. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that we are being transformed into his image with ever-increasingly glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. God's desire of every human being is that we become like his son Jesus, Romans eight twenty nine. We become like Jesus when we allow God to rid us of our old, hardened hearts and give us new hearts. With all of the hearts that may not be completely hardened, or we may not have hearts that are completely hardened. Through counseling people, there are always, I, fig- I found out that there are always parts of our hearts that are hardened, no matter how soft we are. Because just like I said earlier, we're not perfect. None of us are. We all have things that Jesus still needs to, to heal in our hearts. And usually there's even childhood traumas, and, and even though I had an amazing upbringing with parents that were not perfect, 
that's the thing is they weren't perfect and there's still things in our my heart that still need to change lots of things I'm, I'm this is a sermon directly to myself not to anybody else but because of the counseling that i'm going through this is just a great study to humble myself and remind myself just how much and how far i have to go but as my fiance and i are starting marriage counseling like i said earlier nothing has been more evident and clear how much i do have to change and the good news with all this counseling is that we have an amazing counselor that we're going to that is going through all of it with us and bringing us to Jesus and allowing Jesus to make all of our hearts pure again and even better, showing each other how to continue healing the healing process by supplying each other's emotional and spiritual needs as a couple. And I don't know where you are, but I know, you know, everyone in here, no matter how much you think you have it together, there's something that God wants to do inside of your heart. And first is to heal it. And second is to help you find a friend or a spouse that is willing to help fill, the, fill your needs and help you heal. But it is up to you to come to Jesus. Otherwise, your heart will always be hardly heartened. And from us at Save the Cowboy, none of us want that. We all want you to experience the connection that Jesus has for us with not only him, but with other people as well. You know, and oftentimes, this has been a great study that I've done um, oftentimes in Scripture, we, uh, we read, you know, all the, thing, all the times that Jesus healed somebody. Yeah, we, we read through all the gospel that Jesus healed people. And to be honest, like, that's kind of the first thing is, you know, we always have to reach out to Jesus to heal our hearts. We always do. In order for somebody to be healed, they had to reach out to Jesus. And then you see people, you know, being healed in Acts, but they're not being, you're not being healed necessarily through Jesus. They're being healed from somebody who has a relationship with him. And, and that's kind of one of the things that I want to kind of encourage you guys tonight. You know, as we kind of go the rest of the way tonight, I, I want to give you some pointers and some ways that you can, can really start the healing process of a lot of the things that are in your heart. But a lot of the time, I just want you to know that it's okay to, to go to somebody and ask for, for them to pray with you or pray over you. Because just like in Acts and a lot of these things, when people are in a lot of these stories, when people are being healed, they have to reach out to somebody. And it's so cool. I love how the gospel designed that, that and this is something I'm learning throughout this past year, is that people are healed through other people, not by themselves. Just like this article said, nobody can heal themselves by themselves. It has to be through God. And it has to be through somebody connected to God. And that's the beautiful thing. That's the beautiful thing about the gospel is that we always are in fellowship with others. And there's always somebody that's wanting to help you heal. And there's always somebody that's wanting to help you help feel that emotional need for you and encourage you and give you the things that you need and the things that you need to hear. And it's okay to let that happen. But first, kind of the first step that I've found is reaching out to Jesus and asking him to heal your heart and reveal what needs to be healed in your heart. And I don't know what that is for you guys, but I know what it is for me. And I'm thankful for the opportunity just to keep growing and that's one of the luxuries, I guess. That's one of the luxuries and the curses of being in full-time ministry is you have to keep growing. You have to keep growing. You know, if I, I, I was having a conversation the other day with somebody, you know, it, it kind of stinks being in full-time ministry because you don't have the option of complacency. You don't. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. And, you know, obviously that's a blessing and a curse, but at the same time, you know, if, if I wasn't in ministry... I could honestly just give the easy excuse of, well, I just don't, I don't have to go. I'm not in full-time ministry. But in reality, this may be the kick in the pants that you need to say that you are in full-time ministry. Why is all this even necessary? Why is even healing our hearts even necessary? 
Because just like, you know, that test that I did, I couldn't connect with people because my heart was so hard, hardened and ugly and burnt, and yet I was in full-time ministry. And that's the whole plan of Jesus' gospel, is that we would be healed through him, that way we can spread the that way we can keep spreading his kingdom. And I'm telling you, it's so much easier. You know, a lot of us want to have a life of purpose. We all want to use our gifts somehow. But this is something that I've learned through counseling, this counseling seminar as well. It's one of the first things that he said, is a lot of people can't use their gifts that God has given them because they're so focused on their own pain that they can't even, they can't even move past. They can't. With me. Way evident with me. But I'm so thankful that John took the time to reach into my heart, even though I didn't think I had anything to work on that week. I showed up super naive, thinking that I was just going to come learn how to counsel people. And really did I realize that, uh, that what was going to happen is that God was going to change me. And now I'm trying to give it to somebody else. That way their hearts can be healed. Because honestly, you know, I preached a couple weeks ago in the morning service that we're not of this world. We're living for the next life. And what matters in the next life is how you love people and how you love God. And you love people by sharing God with those people. And you love and you share God with those people a whole lot easier when your heart's clean and when it's pure. And that's why I've even preaching about this today. That's why I see such a need and importance for it today. It is. You know, I, I was talking to Ty earlier about that, about, you know, I don't, I don't think I'll ever be a, a full-time pastor or anything like that. Um, or full-time preacher, preaching every Sunday. I just, honestly, I haven't lived enough life experience at uh, 27 years old to be a full-time preacher, and I'm kind of thankful about that, because let me tell you, coming up with a sermon every Sunday is super hard. But there is one thing that I do know that I can continually speak about. This is my testimony of how God's changed my heart and how he continues to heal my heart, not only through him, but through somebody else. And nobody's been more evident of healing my heart than Ty Weber. You know, he... Oftentimes, when somebody comes to Christ, it's because they feel comfortable with a Christian. And maybe that Christian's you. Maybe it is. I think all of us can probably think of somebody in our life that's probably comfortable with you right now that may not go to church or they may not be a, or may not be a Christian. And I encourage you, you know, if there's something that's stopping you from sharing the gospel, to ask yourself what it is. And ask Jesus to heal that part of you. That way you can have the courage and the commitment and the fearlessness to go up and ask him, do they know Jesus as their Lord and Savior? And I get it. It takes a special time to go and go and minister to somebody lots of times. But this is why I'm so adamant about all this counseling stuff. And, and, and I don't even care if you go counseling through me or, you know, I just want you to go through counseling. You know, I, I've, I'm a big fan of it now. I used to not be, but I am now. I am now. Because I used to think it meant that you're, there was something wrong with you. Well, there's something wrong with all of us. And that's why we need a Savior. And that's why we need a Savior. That way we aren't hardly hardened. Let's go to God in prayer. Lord, I thank you so much just for everything that you're doing, God. I, I've seen so much growth through all of these people just this last year alone, I know. And maybe that's because when I just started noticing, maybe that's when you started working, or maybe that's whenever my heart was finally open to the realization of everything that you're doing. God, I thank you so much for your love and for your grace and for your healing. Lord, I ask for everybody in here, if they're willing, Lord. Lord, just take a minute just to show them their hearts, their own hearts. Lord, draw a picture for them of their own hearts. And once you draw that picture of them, Lord, if there's any black spots, Lord, I pray that you heal them. God, show them what their heart should be. 
Give them the courage to come to you. And give them the courage to come to somebody else for counseling if they do so need it. Lord, thank you for everything that you're doing. We thank you for all these people and all the blessings that you give us. It's your name we ask these things. Amen.